Jesus' name, amen. The reason we talked about the baptism in the Holy Spirit first is because it is the power that this baptism brings that gives us the ability to speak in tongues, to prophesy, to lay hands on people, to live a godly life. That's why we talked about it last week. Now, there are, are several people who don't believe in tongues. Um, and if you've been to our church, long, I mean, you've already probably heard me pray a little bit in tongues on the platform. If you've been to our church any length of time, you know we believe in this. But there are a lot of people who don't. And they, believe, they don't believe it because they were taught uh, wrong teaching that the gifts of the Spirit, the um, pouring out of the Holy Spirit stopped when the last apostle died. There are many denominations that believe that and teach that. Um, some people don't believe in the gifts or tongues because of fear. Like, man, that is just weird. I don't know what my tongue, I don't even know what I'm saying something, but I don't know what I'm saying. That's, that can't be, I don't, I, don't want, I don't want anything to do with that. And there are some people who have seen the gifts of the Spirit um, operating in a, they've seen them abused. And they're like, no, I just, maybe it's real, but honestly, if it's going to be like that or it's going to be in that type of setting where people are abusing it, I don't want anything to do with it. Well, we settled the myth last week that it is for today. And I just want to say again, Kingdom Church, this body of Christ, believes in the proper and orderly display of the fruits and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We don't just believe in the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience. We all believe in those, right? We also believe in the gifts of the Spirit, but in the proper and orderly display, and God does have an order. So speaking in tongues can be split into two categories, public ministry and private ministry, or I would say private use. There's four tongues, but two are public and two are private. The first tongue is Tongues for a sign. This is public. We're talking about the public ones first. Tongues for a sign. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 20 says this. Brothers, Paul says, do not be children in your thinking. He said, don't be children. Don't be ignorant. Learn. Grow. Be infants in evil, but in your thinking be mature. He said, when it comes to evil, I want you to be very ignorant. I, want you, I don't want you to be familiar with evil at all. Be children in, when it comes to evil, but in your thinking be mature. So he's about to make a point that's a mature point. Verse 21, in the law it is written, and this is a funny verse, and you'll see why in a second. In the law it is written, by people of strange tongues and by the lips of foreigners will I speak to this people. And even when they will not listen to me, even, and even then they will not listen to me, says the Lord. Paul is quoting a verse in Isaiah. Isaiah was a prophet sent to the children of Israel to warn them to repent. And if they don't repent, then an army is going to come and invade them and overtake their land. He said, so Isaiah is saying, hey, you guys have not repented. You have not surrendered to the Lord. You continue to have these different idols. You, <laughs> I was about to step on some toes. We'll keep going. I was going to say, you send your kids to these places instead of the youth group. Um, you stubborn people. I'll just stop at that point. He says, but our people are going to come of speaking a language that you do not understand. And even when they're in at your doorstep, you're still not going to believe the, these prophecies. Okay. He says, likewise, um, then verse 22, he says, thus, he, he quotes Isaiah, thus tongues are a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. 
He says, just as these foreign tongues was a sign to you, children of Israel, because you didn't believe, so tongues will be a sign for people who don't believe. So the first tongue is a tongue that is a sign for unbelievers. Say unbelievers. Now, John Bevere tells this story about a time that he was preaching a sermon and um, he, heard, he found out the story after, after the fact, but he said he had one of, his, one of his staff members at the back of the auditorium praying. She just felt led to pray and intercede for the service. Well, after the service, there was a man who came up to her that was sitting just a few rows in front of her, and he comes up to her and, and he says, man, you speak perfect French. And not only do you speak perfect French, you speak this old historical French, and you have a perfect accent. And she said, I don't speak French. <laughs> I know French fries, but I don't speak French. And, he, and he's like, no, like you're kidding me. You were speaking perfect French. And not only that, you were, you at, before John asked the congregation to turn to a certain chapter and verse, you were quoting the verses in French. So for that man, this tongue was a sign for the unbeliever. And, and, and I had to point this out. This one, this first tongue is a tongue is um, a tongue or a language that can be understand on earth. The other three are not going to be. But this is a tongue because it's a sign for unbelievers. If it, was, if it was a tongue that they couldn't understand, then it wouldn't be a sign. This is the same tongue, type of tongue, that was found on the day of Pentecost. I didn't have time to read it last service, but you're going to get to hear it right now. Acts 2 verse 1. This is the day that the promise of the Holy Spirit was poured out on the church. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I'm going to talk about this in a little bit, but the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to speak. We don't have to think about the words coming out of our mouth. The Holy Spirit gives us the words. Now, they were dwelling in Jerusalem. When they started speaking in tongues, it says they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. They, were, they came together for the Feast of Pentecost. Pentecost was one of the feasts that the Jewish people celebrated. So there were people from all of the uh, surrounding countries and the surrounding regions. They were all together. And at this sound, the multitude, all these people came together and they were bewildered. They were puzzled because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished saying, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? These are people who are living Galilee. How is it that we hear each one of them speaking our own language? I'm sure it was Greek. I'm sure it was Arabic and these other languages. How are these people who have never traveled outside of their home country speaking these foreign languages? Verse 11 says, in verses 9 and 10 uh, um, list the different people who were there on the day of Pentecost. Verse 11, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear all of them telling in our own tongue, sorry, the mighty works of God. This was a sign, this was the first tongue, and it was a sign to the unbelieving people that were there. Y'all, y'all, does that make sense? This is the first tongue. 
So you can pray in tongues. Uh, well, you weren't in that service. Also talked about that in the last service. But the Lord can, we can pray in a tongue that we're familiar with. But there are times when we are so yielded to the spirit, we can pray in a different tongue. And it could be a sign to unbelieving people around us. So tongues for a sign. Number two is tongues given for interpretation. Many of us are more familiar with this tongue. In 1 Corinthians 12, we read about the gifts of the spirit. There are nine gifts of the spirit. In verse 10, we read about the gift of tongues and the gift of interpretation of tongues. Again, if you've been going to church with us in, uh, long enough, you've heard this um, displayed on a Sunday morning or during a night of prayer. Somebody will give a tongue and then there's an interpretation. Look at 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27. It says this, Now you are the body of Christ and members of it, and God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and then various kinds of tongues. The reason why apostles are first is because also apostles bring order. Apostle Paul was an apostle. He brought order. This is why he wrote letters to different churches on his mission trips, because he brought order. He addressed issues. This is why the first, they're first. Doesn't mean they're more important than everyone else, but in terms of order, this has to be established first, then prophets, then teachers. Everyone has a place and everything has an order. Now look at verse 29. A lot of people, when they say, people say, well, not everyone speaks in tongues. Most people who say that point to this verse. I'm going to read it to you. Paul asked this question, are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Do all work miracles? No. Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? People would say no. Do all interpret but earnestly desire the higher gifts? And then it says, I will show you a more excellent way. It's important to read this passage in context. I don't have time to go into it. If you can go back to verse 30, I think. Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? I don't have time to read it, but if you go back to uh, the first verses in this chapter, it lists the different gifts. So when he's, when he's asking these questions, he's talking about each gift. So this tongue is not talking about a prayer language. It's talking about the gifts that are used for the body of Christ. So when he asks, do all have this gift of speaking in tongues? The answer is no, because there are different gifts. But it's not talk, But it's for the body of Christ. It's for when you are ministering to someone or ministering to a group of people. Now, when someone operates in the gift of tongues, there has to be an interpretation. There has to be because you're speaking to people. I don't have time to, to again, to go. You can, I, I really encourage you to go read 1 Corinthians 14, 12 and 14. But Paul lists how this gift should be stewarded. But there has to be an interpretation, and it's an interpretation because it's not a language that, this is a heaven language. This is not a language that anyone understands. Um, you can't translate it. You can't go to a manual on this, uh, this language because we don't have a manual on it. It's interpreted, not word by word translated. It's important to realize because sometimes people get caught up, well, that person kind of stuttered when they gave that interpretation, or they, they gave their own. It's an interpretation. It's not literal word for word. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, look at 1 Corinthians 12, 14, verse 22. Now, you need to pay attention here because just pay attention. <laughs> verse 22. It says, thus tongues are a sign not for believers, but for who? Unbelievers. I'm going to skip the second half because it's about prophecy. We could talk about prophecy later. Go back to verse 22 one more time. I'm sorry, Asia. 
Tongues are a sign for who? Uh, thank you, unbelievers. Now look at verse 23. If therefore, this is the very next verse. If therefore the whole church comes together and all speak in tongues and outsiders or who? Unbelievers enter, will they not say that you are out of your minds? Does anybody think that Paul's lost it at this point? Go back to verse 22. Tongues are a sign not for believers, but for? Verse 23. If everyone's speaking in tongues and outsiders, unbelievers come in, will they not say that you are out of your minds? How do you reconcile those two verses? Simple. You recognize in verse 22, that is, a, that is the tongue as a sign for unbelievers. And the second tongue is a tongue to the body of Christ that needs to be interpreted. That's the only way you can understand that verse. Otherwise, Paul is contradicting himself in two consecutive verses, or in consecutive verses. The first tongue is a sign, but these are both for public ministry. The second is the gift of tongues. Okay, those are the first two. Now, the second, uh, the second group is for private ministry or private use. The third tongue is tongues for personal prayer, personal prayer. First Corinthians 14 verse one says this, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. The gifts are for us today, especially that you may prophesy. God wants all of us to prophesy for one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God for no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. Now, I want to just make two observations about this verse. Um, he says, he who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. The first two were for public use, which means they were for men. This tongue is not, is not for, or is, um, when this tongue is not to men, but it's praying to God. So it's not for public ministry. Um, it says, for no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit, in the spirit. So it's not to men. This is not to men. This tongue is to God. And then he begins, um, go, to, go to verse 3, sorry. And then he contrasts it with prophecy. If it was a gift of tongues, then he would just say, just make sure it's interpreted. But he doesn't say that because then he, but th because then he talks about prophecy. Prophecy is for a tongue that we can understand. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation, verse 4. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself. Again, this is not the gift of tongues. This is the prayer language. But the one who prophesies builds up the church. Because if it were, again, for public ministry, he would say, just interpret it. But he doesn't say that. Verse 5. Now, I want you all to speak in tongues. Who is supposed to speak in tongues? All of us. But even more to prophesy. Why the one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. He's not putting down tongues. He's not dismissing tongues. He's just saying prophecy is more important because more people benefit from it. When you're praying in tongues, not speaking to a group of people or in, in not being assigned, but when you're praying in tongues, you're the only one that's built up, which is okay. Look at 1 Corinthians 14, 18. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. He says, I'm glad I pray in tongues more than everybody. Nevertheless, 
In church, when I'm speaking to a group of people, I'd rather speak five words with my mind in order to instruct others. You see, this is not just praying. A lot of people say, well, I can't, you're not supposed to pray in church, pray in tongues. That's not true. It's about instruction when you are addressing someone. He said, I would rather speak five words with my mind so that people understand, so that I can instruct others, than 10,000 words in a tongue if it's not going to be interpreted. 1 Corinthians 14, 14. For if I pray in a tongue, this is the third type, the one we're on right now, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. He says, my spirit prays. I'm praying in the spirit, but my mind, my earthly mind doesn't understand. What am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my mind. I'll pray in English, Spanish, whatever language you, under, you speak. I will pray with my mind, but I also pray in the spirit. I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will also sing praise with my mind as well. In this passage, Paul is establishing speaking in tongues as one way we pray to God. It's one way we can pray with our mind as well. And I already mentioned this, but praying in the Spirit is praying in tongues. How many of you have heard me say that or somebody else say this from from here or anywhere else? Praying in in the Spirit. When you pray in the Spirit, that is praying in tongues. I'm going to prove it to you. Again, 1 Corinthians 14, 2. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to man but to God, for no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. He's uttering mysteries in the Spirit. Jude 1, 20. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, and what? Praying in the Holy Spirit. That's praying in tongues. Ephesians 6, 17. Talking about the armor of God. We talked about this last year. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, Praying, don't just take up all of the armor, praying at all times in the Spirit. Praying in tongues is praying in the Spirit because we're, as 1 Corinthians 14, 1 says, we're praying mysteries, things we don't understand with our natural mind, but our spirit completely understands. Now, why did God give us tongues? I've already mentioned it, but why did God give us this ability to speak in tongues? Tongues was given so that w- to us so that we can be built up in the spirit. We build up our flesh all the time, right? When we go to the gym, when we eat well, and many times we're destroying our flesh by not eating well and not doing certain things. But we build up our spirit. Do you know our spirit wants to know the Lord? Our spirit is perfect. Before we were saved, our spirit was dead. When we got saved, our spirit came alive. Our flesh wants to serve the devil and wants to serve itself. Ultimately, it's going to serve the devil. Our spirit wants to serve God. Our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions decides who we surrender to. This is why with our mind, we have to continually yield our mind to the Holy Spirit. Say, God, today when I wake up, I'm waking up, my mind belongs to you. My body belongs to you. I'm yielding to your spirit. I'm choosing to follow what my spirit is wanting to go after, and I'm going to reject the flesh because my flesh, when I live in the flesh, it leads to death. We are given tongues so that we can be built up in the spirit. 1 Corinthians 14, 4. The one who speaks in a tongue builds himself up. I'm going to ask you a question. Is it good to build yourself up? Is it good for your spirit to be built up? Listen, you will not have any power to overcome the enemy if your spirit is weak. This is why fasting is important. This is why praying is important. This is why surrendering to the Lord is important because we are saying flesh I'm not going to give you control over my mind, over my body. This is why it's so important when we do these fasts and we, and we pray that we, we participate so that our spirit can be built up. 
Now somebody, this is a, another question that gets asked. Do I have to speak in tongues to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Well, I will say that many times when you receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, you can speak in tongues, but you do not necessarily have to speak in tongues. Um, I would say the greater proof that someone has received that baptism is a changed life, is the fruit. They're producing the fruit of the Spirit. So you don't have to speak in tongues, but everyone absolutely can speak in tongues. How come some of us don't speak in tongues? How many of us have tried and prayed to receive our prayer language because, uh, and but we haven't been able to pray in tongues? Look at, look at, um, well, actually, I skipped over one. Yeah, I was going to look at, look at um, Roman, look at John 7, verse 37. It says, on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now, Jesus said this about the spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as of yet, the spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. The reason many of us don't speak in tongues is because we have not yielded to the river of the Holy Spirit. When you yield it to the river, you let go of understanding. There are a lot of people who try to speak in tongues. I'm going to give some instruction here in a minute. But there are people who have tried to speak in tongues, but they're trying to control the situation, trying to control their mouth. The Bible says the Holy Spirit gives us the ability, gives us the words, gives us the, the utterance, as the Bible says, gives us the ability to utter out the words in the spirit that he wants us to pray. So we have to yield. So this is a prayer for a personal prayer language. And then real quickly, this could almost be the same one, but there is a little bit of um, differentiation. The fourth, the fourth tongue is tongues for intercession. Look at Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we need, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Many times we don't know what to pray. When we pray in tongues, we are praying a perfect prayer. Anybody just felt overwhelmed? You're like, I do not know what to pray. I don't know what to say. When you pray in tongues, you pray in perfect will with the Father, and you pray a perfect prayer. This is tongues for intercession. I heard another story of a, of a young girl um, who had learned, uh, had just been baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoken tongues for the first time one evening. The next morning, she's woken up at, uh, early in the morning, like five in the morning, early in the morning before she was going to wake up. And she felt very strongly to intercede for someone. And she felt that she was praying for an older gentleman. About an hour later, her, her roommate finds out that her grandfather had a heart attack and had been rushed to the hospital. The Lord had woken her up to intercede for this gentleman and his life was saved. Many times the Holy Spirit is trying to get our attention. You know why he wakes us? How many of y'all wake up in the middle of the night sometimes or a lot of times? If you're a believer, the Lord will wake you up to get your attention because that's the only time of the day that your, your mind is not preoccupied. You're only thinking about sleep. You're not thinking about the day. You're not thinking about, you know, your kids. You're not thinking about your job. He will wake us up so that we can pray. It's important for us for, to not just go back to sleep, or even if it's not at night, to, when the Holy Spirit's trying to get our attention, not to get distracted, but to say, Lord, what are you wanting me to pray about? This is prayer for intercession. And when we pray in tongues, we're praying perfectly to the Father. So how do I speak in tongues? Number one, 
get baptized in the Holy Spirit. We, did, we prayed that last two. We're going to pray again in just a moment. And then yield to the Spirit. Yield to the Spirit. Trust that he is going to take your mouth, take your tongue, and you're going to begin to speak in tongues. One more passage, and then I'll close. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 are the chapters in the Bible that speak um, mostly about the gifts of the Spirit. Listen carefully if you're not convinced about anything I've said. Now, concerning the spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. He's saying, I'm about to teach you about spiritual gifts because I don't want you to be ignorant. In the last verses of 1 Corinthians 14, 37, it says, If anyone thinks himself to be a prophet or a spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I have written are commandments of the Lord. Paul is saying, If anyone thinks he knows the Lord, let him recognize that everything I've said about spiritual gifts is from God himself. But if anyone is ignorant, let him stay ignorant. Let him be ignorant. He said, I've just outlined the gifts and gifts of the Spirit. But if you don't want to accept it, that's okay. You're going to miss out on what the Lord has for you. Therefore, brethren, desire to prophesy and do the last thing he says. Do not forbid to speak with tongues. Let all things be done decently and in order. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be ignorant. I want to have a teachable spirit. The Lord is calling us to go out. Let's stand. Thank you, Jesus. Before we receive the baptism in the Spirit, we have to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is salvation. I don't know where you're at in your walk with the Lord. Maybe you've never given your life to the Lord before. This is, the, this is the opportunity to surrender to him. I would encourage you, if the Lord is stirring your heart, don't let this moment pass you by. You may not get another chance. I'm not saying that to be dramatic. I'm saying that because it's real.